Welcome to the Commands of Christ podcast brought to you by the Home Discipleship Network. We're excited about guiding people to the Word of God to experience the abundant life and to be encouraged as they walk as disciples of Jesus all through the power of Christ living in us. And now, your hosts, Gabe Cleeter and Nate Payne. So Gabe, we are continuing on with the command of Christ, choose the narrow way. This is part two in a four-part series where we're talking about this command. And I'm going to go ahead and read the verses where we derive this command from. It's Matthew 7, starting in verse 13, where Jesus says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. In this particular episode, Gabe, we want to talk about how this command relates to us, and how it really, in many ways, relates to all people. Could you go ahead and just start us into that? I think um, one of the things we need to see right away in how this command relates to us is that Jesus is only giving two choices. Um, he is he's saying either you enter in through the straight gate, which we've mm-hmm. seen that straight gate is Christ, um, putting your faith and trust in Christ for salvation. And if and, and those that, that enter in through the straight gate, those that put their faith and trust in Christ, um, experience eternal life with him. Mm-hmm. He says, but there's only two choices. Either you choose Christ and experience eternal life, or by default, if you don't choose Christ, then you're choosing the the Y gate, which ultimately leads to destruction as well, right. and, and and then he says there's there's only two ways. There's only there, there, there's there's the narrow way, right, um, of of sanctification of Christ working in and through our life, or there's the broad way, right? right? There's only two choices. It reminds me of what he said earlier on in the Sermon on the Mount, where he said, "No man can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and Mammon." God really brings it down here to just two choices. It is only two choices, and all people must make a choice between one of these two choices and one of these two ways. One of the things, Gabe, I want to talk about is that, you know, we have this this entry at the gate, and it's so clearly, in John chapter 10, Jesus gives us who and what this gate is. John chapter 10, verse 7 says, Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to to steal and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And so in this, in these verses, Gabe, we see that the gate that we are to enter in is Christ. And that this gate leads to, and I love this final verse, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundant, that this straight gate and that this narrow way that leads to life, it leads to a life more abundantly. And how that there's only one entrance, and that this entrance is Christ. I love, as I was kind of researching this and looking looking, looking up different things on this command, I came across a picture of, of a shepherd keeping his flock, 
uh, back in the Bible times. And to my understanding, what they would do is, obviously, shepherds would graze their sheep um, in wide open areas, pastures, and, and, and things like that. Well, at night, it's important to bring the sheep in into some type of corral or some type of pen. And I think in the Bible times, they would build actually like rock walls, and they would bring the sheep in through one entrance, through one opening. And they would keep the sheep in that that pen, if you will, overnight to keep them from wolves or, or bears or these different predators. Well, it was incredible because in this picture I saw, the shepherd was actually sleeping in the entrance of this of this protected sheepfold. And what it, it just it just gave such a, a, a beautiful picture of of Jesus being the only way that you can experience this this protection and the safety of the sheepfold is is by entering through Jesus. And it's it's also really neat and really encouraging because once you're into that sheepfold, right? Once you're into that pen and that protection, everybody else has to go through that entrance. And, and, and um, if they want to get access. And so there's a level of protection and there's a level of security of the shepherd. He's going to take care of the sheep. And so I think it's really important, Gabe, that we understand that Jesus is the gate. He is the entrance. That's so true. And I think that there another important note here is that although the, you know, one of the things we've been emphasizing is, is that the gate is, because this is what the scripture says, is the gate is very straight. It's very narrow. It's very mm-hmm. constrained. There's only one entrance, and that is Christ. And the way is very narrow. But I think what we need to see is that it, it, it's very, the, the, the gate is very narrow in that it's only those who put their faith and trust in Christ. It's mm-hmm. only through Christ. But I think it's important to see, although it's very narrow, it's very straight. It's not exclusive in the sense of it is open to anyone who will put their faith and trust Amen. in Christ. It's exclusive in the sense that it's only through Christ, but it's not exclusive in the sense of it's not, oh, just for some spiritually elite or that type of thing. It's right. open to anyone. That even though the entrance is very narrow, this entrance is open. That Jesus said, I am the door. He is He is desirous that all would be saved. It's open to anyone that would put their faith and trust in Christ. I think of a couple of verses here. Second um, Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some encounter slackness, but is long-suffering to us, word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Um, uh, 1 Timothy 2, 3-4 says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Or John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting mm. life. And so I just I, I think it's so important for us to see that although the way is very the gate is the door is, is very narrow, it is um because it's only through Christ, it is open to anyone. Regardless of your background, mm. regardless of what you're coming from, regardless mm. of what you've been through, the door is open open. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he will save you and transform your life. Hallelujah. And I think another element as we're talking about how this command relates to us, Gabe, is that one of the the challenges of choosing the narrow way, right? Once we've entered in through the straight gate, through this narrow gate, which is Christ, it's not just that, that, that the gate is narrow, but it's also the way is narrow. And what that looks like is, 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 a relationship with the Lord that's that's 
a relationship with Jesus, but it's it's one that's guided and that's directed and, and that um, has purpose. But I think one of the challenges that we, we can face, Gabe, is that our old nature before we were saved, before we were born again, was bent towards the ways of the world, was bent towards the Broadway, was bent towards, was really a part even of the Broadway. But now that we've become a believer in Jesus Christ, there can be this challenge of of choosing the narrow way because our our we have this desire to return to to the old nature. And I think of Isaiah fifty five eight through nine, where it says, "For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways," saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts. Than your thoughts, and I, and what I like about this, one of the things interesting things about this these verses here, Gabe, is that Isaiah, through inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is connecting our ways with our thoughts, and how part of choosing once we have entered in through the straight gate, part of choosing the narrow way is choosing to guard our thoughts, and not just to guard our thoughts, but to to choose to replace our old thoughts with the thoughts of God. And we'll get into that more deeply as we go, but there can be that struggle and that can, there can be that tussle of, of choosing the narrow way because of a desire to return to our old nature, our old habits, our old ways. Well, what I love that you brought out here is that Jesus said, my, we talked about how his ways are higher than our ways, mm-hmm. right? In Isaiah, the scripture is saying here that, that the Lord's way is higher than our ways. And just to see that we're talking about choosing the narrow way, we're talking about choosing the higher way, that that, that well, we're living for ourselves and living for the world and, and in, in, in um, ultimately for Satan. That's the, that's the lower way. That's the way that leads to death. But praise God that choosing the narrow way is choosing the higher way. It's choosing mm-hmm. the greater way. It's choosing mm-hmm. the way that leads to life. It's choosing mm-hmm. the way that leads to life more abundant. Um, but I, I think it's important to, to see here, as, as, as you talked about, how first of all, there's the when we first put our faith in Christ for salvation, um, that's entering through the straight gate. But then what does it mean then to walk in this narrow way? We have Christ entering into Christ for salvation, but then this is, but then walking the narrow way in many ways is the sanctification of the mm-hmm. believer. And and I think this is the process whereby the Lord begins to transform our thinking and our and and, and our living to be in line with Him and His Word. You know, I, I, um, because. Christ, when he saves us, he brings us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear mm-hmm, son, mm-hmm. and we are brought into relationship with him. But, you know, there's this phrase that somebody said, you know, you can take the, the squirrel out of the forest, but you can't take the forest out of the squirrel, right? And what they're meaning by that is you can pull the squirrel out, but still there's the, there's like the the, the, the forest is, is still in the squirrel. But, but God's way is higher than that. He doesn't just take us out of the world, right? Mm-hmm. But he begins to cleanse the world yes. out of us. In other words, when, when, when we're first when we're first saved and we're starting to walk in the narrow way, like we're, we're in the narrow way, we're walking in the path of sanctification, but sometimes we still have some of the broad way of thinking. Sometimes we still yes. have some of the broad way of, 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 of making choices and decisions and living. And so the Lord begins to transform those things yes. as we walk in the narrow way. Christ, through his word, by his spirit, begins to cleanse away those, those old mm-hmm. ways of thinking, those old ways of living. I, I think a good picture of this is like Lazarus. Um, you might remember the story in scripture in John 
where Jesus, when he um, raised Lazarus from the dead, you know, Lazarus had died, he had been dead for like three or four days, and just this amazing miracle where Jesus raises Lazarus from the mm-hmm. dead, and, and he was dead as dead could be, and then he's mm-hmm. raised to life, you know, and, and now in a, he's as live as he ever was going to be, right, um, in a physical sense. But the interesting thing, Nate, is he was still wrapped up in the grave clothes. So he had been made alive, but he was still somewhat wrapped up in death. Mm. And I think that that's a picture of our lives as believers. When we're first saved and we're born again, Christ enters into us. We're made alive. We weren't dead in our trespasses and sins, but we are born again. We are made yes. alive in him and, 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 and we're saved, but we can still be have the, the, the grave clothes, if you will, the, the, the things of death, the old patterns of thinking and living can still be clinging on. And God, in his mercy, begins to peel those things off. As we seek his face, as we walk in this narrow way, as we spend time in his word, he, by his spirit, begins to peel off those old mm-hmm. ways of thinking. I think that's part of the reason scripture says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Yes. It says, be not conformed to this world, which would be choosing the narrow way. Right. Or, I mean, would be, which would be choosing the broad way, rather. Right, right, right. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, mm-hmm. which would be choosing the narrow way, right? That we need to have our minds renewed. And as we spend time in the word of God, the spirit of God uses the word of God to wash away the old ways of thinking, to cleanse away the old ways of living. And we are set freer and freer from those old ways, those old grave Mm -hmm. clothes, that we might live the abundant, joyful Christian life that God has called us to and empowers us to live through Christ. And that, and that, and that, that freedom is experienced as those old grave clothes are taken off in many ways, as those old patterns of thoughts that don't please the Lord, that don't line up with God's word, as those are taken away and as it's replaced with with the word of God and with the thoughts of God, that's when we genuinely experience freedom. Gabe, I think that that part of the um, attraction to the Broadway is is you can do whatever you want, and 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 people define that the world defines that as freedom, and when actually in practicality Gabe I've experienced in my own personal life when I've just when I've thought of freedom as just the power or just the, the right and, and power to do whatever I wanted that's actually that's actually brought me into more bondage but I like what one person said is that freedom is not the power to do what I want freedom is the power to do what I ought and the idea with that is is that as as a believer as I submit and as I surrender to the Holy Spirit living and working in me, it actually gives me freedom. I think of an uh, example would be a really good example is of, of child training and raising children. I'm in the thick of that right now as I have four children and a fifth one on the way. But but the idea I want to draw here and the picture I want to draw here is that when they're younger, you kind of have to have a, a you know, quite a few different restraints and, and quite a few different standards or not standards, but quite a few different parameters and guidelines. And you really have to work with them kind of closely one-on-one. But the idea is that they would mature. The idea is that they would begin to take the under that they would grow in their understanding of right and wrong and be able to as they mature be able to make those decisions on their own choosing the right way and and really the bottom of the line is is choosing christ and a relationship with christ and letting him lead and letting him guide them 
and 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 really what 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 we're doing is is we're training them to be free. Well, at the moment of training and discipline, they might not feel, well, this is not freedom, you know. <laughs> freedom is to be able to do whatever I want to do when I want to do it. But actually that those parameters and those restrictions, if you will, are actually setting them up and preparing them to walk in and experience the freedom of a relationship with Jesus Christ as they grow and as they get older and as they put their, and our desires that they would put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and experience that, that freedom. Well, in part, because part of what maturity is, you think about even in child training as a child grows, is the goal is when they start out, the constraints are on the outside. Mm-hmm. But as they mature and as they grow, the constraint goes from just to being something on the outside to being something on the inside. Yes. Right? And as we mature in our walk with Christ, it's like that that inward restraint of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. if I could put it that way, that as we begin to walk with God and we sense a still small voice prompting us and leading us and, and we become sensitive to his leading and our life is saturated in his word it's like we experience the 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 freedom that comes from being submitted to his leadership in our life Mm -hmm. and i think about what aw tozer said he said christian liberty is freedom from sin not freedom to sin amen Um, because real freedom nate is not a freedom to live in sin real freedom which is found in the narrow way Mm -hmm. is a freedom from sin to live in, in, in intimate fellowship with God and experience the joy and the fulfillment that comes from walking with mm-hmm. him. And this is the greatest joy in life. Yes. Praise the Lord. And for our listeners, are you experiencing that freedom? Are you experiencing that joy? Or do you see your relationship as, as one of one of, of with, with the Lord as one of just to do's and, and, and I have to do this and just turn to the Lord look to the Lord, choose Christ, exchange your thoughts with the word of God. That's our desire with this podcast is that as you hear these different things, you yourself would would go to the word, you would search it out for yourself, and that you would exchange your thoughts with Christ's thoughts, and that through that, you would be able to experience the freedom of of walking in a right relationship with the Lord. I'm looking forward to our next episode where we're going to talk about some practicals of of how to apply this command. How do we do this command? What would it look like in, in an everyday living? So we hope that you join us then. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on this journey through the commands of Christ, brought to you by the Home Discipleship Network. If you would like to go deeper in this month's focus, head over to homediscipleshipnetwork.org where you can download a free study guide to accompany each command. And if today is your first time with us, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you will be able to join us each week as we explore the commands of Christ together. That's it for today, and we'll be back with more next week.